Today's episode is a love letter to the absolute love of my life. To fully encapsulate for the end of time how I feel about the very nature and spirit of the best thing that ever happened to my heart, which is my son. Rowan, when you listen to this, I want this to be a timeless testament to how wonderful, strong, magical, and just delightful you are. I love you more than you could ever imagine. And now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to Beyond the Balefire. My name is Wish and I am your host. I'm so glad you're here by the fire with me today. From my dedication, I am sure that you can already tell that this one is a special one to me. First things first, if you are new here, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. And if you are not, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Today we are going to be continuing our Magical Tree series together. And really quick, I want to swing back around and touch base on the first episode. The first episode we talked about the Elder Tree and its illustrious magical history. Quite wonderful episode, if I do say myself. But I did say in that episode that there was no other tree more openly linked to witches. And listener, I think I spoke too soon. In fact, today we are going to be discussing a tree that is a worthy contender of the title of Witchiest Tree. But you can decide for yourself at the end of this episode. Yep, you got it. Today we are talking about the Rowan Tree, otherwise known as the Mountain Ash, and it is also the namesake of my son. Though the Rowan Tree is not actually in the Ash family, it's actually in the Rose family, Rosaceae, and it's in the genus Sorbus. This tree is a really striking, beautiful tree. It's got bright green compound leaves, and these leaves are kind of bushy, so it almost has like a tropical look about it. And it has berries that are bright reddish orange and clusters of flowers that are tiny and delicate and white. Super cute clusters of flowers. It's bright red berries might attract you along with a ton of other wildlife. But unlike the wildlife, you eating these berries would assuredly send you to the bathroom for much longer than anyone wants to be in the bathroom. Even those with ironclad stomachs are not safe from these berries. So it's best to just leave them to the wildlife. And the wildlife really loves rowan berries. The flowers, however, bloom in clusters of fragrant, brilliantly white flowers. And while they are extremely fragrant, they are also going to send you to the bathroom. These flowers attract a number of pollinators. So while you have the berries bringing in wildlife, you have the flowers attracting pollinators. And it's not just the berries and flowers. The bark of the tree is also extremely beautiful with the adolescent saplings having smooth bark And over time, as the tree matures, it gets more textured. But the bark itself 
is really dark and it's silvery and against the bright, vivid, deep, foresty greens of the leaves and the red, orange of the berries and the white of the flower clusters, this is a visually striking tree. At current, there are rowan trees that are up to 200 years old and still thriving. Most of these trees come in around 30 feet or so, but they can get to 60 or 70 feet. So a 60 or 70 foot tree, 200 years old, so vivid and beautiful in the forest. Am I painting a picture on how like bright and energetic the rowan tree is? I hope I am already. If you've never seen one though, I do encourage you to look up a picture of it just so you can know what they look like. I will also be posting a picture of a rowan on our Instagram with the release of this episode. So you can check that out at at wishes in like the letter N honey on Instagram. But anyways, back to the rowan tree. Simply put, this tree is super beautiful, but its appeal is more than what meets the eye. If you were to cut into the wood of the rowan, you would see that its resin is a deep, deep red. So you would see that resin in the concentric rings of growth in the tree. And if you were to make a wound on the tree, you would see the resin as well uh, coming out of the wound. And that has a slew of magical purposes, not the resin itself. I don't recommend going out and wounding any tree for any reason, uh, unless you are going to be diligently taking care of that tree. But the outer vivid nature of the tree and the inner vivid nature of the tree, having that red blood-like resin inside really brings forward a image of life. From this tree. This tree is undeniably vibrant and alive and that alone is really potent for magical workings if you work with green stuff, if you are a green witch or even if you're not a green witch and you're doing other things that require you to use tools or bits of wood or berries or flowers or whatever you have. I'm going to get into those a little bit more as well, don't you worry. But as far as like the life of the tree, how, how intensely vibrant and alive this tree feels and looks, it could be really good for, you know, divination, astral travel, love and passion workings, any working incorporating blood magic, like I mentioned before, that resin is just very, very bloody life foresee and really beautiful. Uh, I know I talk about blood magic a lot on here. I swear I do other things. And I just think that blood magic is like really potent form of magic. And it's also a little bit of an advanced magic practice in my opinion. And it's stigmatized because, you know, blood or whatever. But there are so many different things that you can do to enhance your magic with blood magic and, in, and personalize your personal energy, energy signature, excuse me, onto your magic, which I will be talking about later on. It doesn't have to be this daunting, crazy thing. If you think about blood, like it makes you do everything. And if you were to incorporate a energy signature of yourself into your magic, that would just 
amplify pretty much anything you were doing, but you don't have to actually incorporate your blood into your magic, like your physical blood. You can use something, for example, like resin that looks like blood or pomegranate seeds, like we've talked about it before, or juice and energetically charge it to have your energy signature and essentially be a little bit of Jesus up in here and turn whatever you decide into your blood so that it becomes a sacred sacrament. And that's what I am really talking about when I talk about blood magic. I just wanted to clarify that so that y'all think (laughs) uh, I am who I am and you're not getting the wrong idea about who I am and what I do. Okay. All right. Sorry. That was a little rant. Anyways, wording and protection are also wonderful workings to do with Rowan. We'll get into that a little bit more in a moment, but it's really an excellent choice for pretty much anything because of how alive and vibrant. I know I keep saying that word, but if you look up a Rowan, you'll understand why this tree truly is. It has a certain power about it, the Rowan, and it's undeniable. Its strength is undeniable. Its beauty is undeniable. It's just a really powerful tree. So for that reason, anything, workings with deities, energies of passion, desire, vitality, fire energy, air energy, movement, creation, birth, rebirth, it can do it all. And we will get into why and how powerful this tree has been historically for a very long time. But just know it has a very rich history of magical use, not just any one specific thing. However, its magical legacy does have something specifically that sticks out for the Rowan, and it largely overshadows all of the other things. So I'm going to talk about it, but I'm also going to talk about what else you can do with the Rowan. Okay, what it is largely overshadowed by is warding and protection. For long time now, the Rowan tree has been dutifully watching over liminal spaces of the hearth and home, of cities, streets, and they are considered to be extremely lucky to have by your doorway or by your home on your property. And a Rowan on a piece of property or buy a home will protect and bring prosperity and luck to those that dwell on that piece of property or in that home. This is still a common thing in Europe, mostly Western Europe, but it's still a thing there and it's still very much prominent there. There are lots of Rowans in Europe. Although truthfully, the Rowan will grow just about anywhere. We'll address that in a little while, but you do need to know that this is still very much so a thing. So, you know, go over to your local nursery and get you a little sapling. And if you have a piece of property that you own or a house that you own, maybe you could plant your own tree of protection and start building a relationship with the Rowan. I am going to be planting a Rowan very soon. And I know that not everybody has the money to go out and get a sapling, but it is very possible to uh, grow the seeds yourself If you are able to find a rowan in the wild, they do grow on the east coast and the mountainous areas of the east coast, not so much the west coast, but they are tenacious growers and they are determined growers. They'll grow pretty much anywhere. Their seedlings sprout really easily. They are just ready and willing to do the work. They're 
excited to be on earth like me. So let's move on a little bit and talk a little bit more about their history with homes and gardens. In Greece, they were considered to be guardians of those who pass through the doorways. And for that reason, they were planted oftentimes along roadsides, at crossroads, um, at different places that marked points between cities. They were very much holding liminal spaces. And you know how I love to talk about liminal space stuff on here because everything magical happens in the liminal space. So that itself is a testament to how wonderful Rowan can be for magical workings. Alternatively, Rowan trees growing near stone circles are thought to be super duper extra powerful and imbue the stone circle with the magical energy of the Rowan and amplify any magical working done there. I am personally very excited to know this information because while I've loved Rowans for a long time, I didn't know that stone circles and Rowans go together like that, but of course they do. And when I finally start building these magical spaces that I want to build, for those of you that don't know, I am a permaculturist and I do landscape design. So I'm incorporating all of these things into this work that I do. And I have some ideas about crafting magical spaces. I cannot wait to start actually doing some of them and putting some rowans in some cool spots for some cool stuff. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. I really love this tree and I love how powerful and wild its spirit is. And that powerful and wild spirit is just meant to be free it's widely considered really bad luck to cut down a wild rowan. In fact, cutting the tree at all is considered blasphemous and extremely disrespectful to this ancient and powerful rowan tree, even if it's a tree that you have planted. So if you must collect rowan wood, you should use your best tools, your hands. And using your hands forms a bond between you and the tree. Uh, you're only supposed to use your strength, you know, no saw, nothing like that, no trimmers or clippers, anything like that, and really show the rowan that you want to work with it by way of using your hands. Or, alternatively, you could collect the wood that is freely given by the tree by way of fallen branches and twigs and such. It is best to just avoid using the rowan for everyday things anyways. Just like the elder tree, it finds its usefulness much more in the esoteric realms rather than, you know, the mundane. You're not going to want to build a bed frame out of rowan wood. Also, like I said, the rowan is pretty full of this red sap that is very deep red colored. And it's just not going to make for a uniform furniture and whatnot, what have you. It's very beautiful, but not necessarily what we envision when we envision furniture and whatnot made out of wood. Instead, the wood of the rowan could be used with reverence and honor to create sacred tools of a magical or creative nature. Why, you ask? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I would love to tell you. This is because the rowan is actually sacred to Brigid or Saint Brigid. Brigid was an Irish goddess of the forge, poetry, 
healing, and weaving. So she's a smithcraft goddess, and she's a poetry goddess, and she's a healing and nature goddess, which are wonderful things to have together. She's a very well-rounded deity. And the more that I learn about Bridget, the more I just love her. Her stories are absolutely delightful and whimsical as hell. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to talk more about her, but she has only just introduced herself to me. So I'm still learning about her, but the more I learn, the more I love. And I am looking forward to talking more about her in the future. Bridget is a wonderful, fascinating creature. And she is most commonly celebrated on Imbolc, which just happened. Imbolc is a cross-quarter festival on the modern pagan will of the year. And it's celebrated usually on February 1st or 2nd. As a creative goddess, magical tools made of magical rowan are considered to be really lucky for those in those crafts, those tradespeople who wield them and are considered to be blessed by Bridget. So I, I love that. If you are a Celtic person, if you have ancestry that is Celtic, or if you work with the Celtic pantheon in any kind of way, Rowan would probably be a really wonderful choice to seek out and work with if you feel so inclined. And if you have experiences with Bridget, I would love to hear them. I would love to know how you feel about her. You can send me a message over at Wishes and Honey. My DMs are open. I always love to hear your experiences about the things that I am talking about. Y'all know I like nerding out about magic. Please tell me about your magical experiences. I really, truly love hearing about people's magical experiences. Makes my heart soar. (laughs) So let's move on a little bit away from Bridget and back to the flowers and the berries of this tree. They are prolific. They are gorgeous. So prolific, meaning like there's a bunch of them. When you see the rowan berries or the clusters of flowers, you will understand everything about this tree is a lot. It's bushy. There's a lot of leaf. There's a lot of berry. There's a lot of flower. (laughs) So if you were to plant this tree, it would be a really wonderful way to give back to the local wildlife who really enjoy and need those berries for the nourishment, the flowers for the pollination. And it's also good luck for wherever you are. If it's at your home, it's good luck for that. If you go and sit with a rowan that is in a field or whatnot, and you connect to the tree, you connect to the land, and you ask the rowan to give you a blessing, the rowan will. And you will see later on that the rowan is just ready and willing to help. It is a helpful as heck tree. It is a protective tree. It is very parental vibes. I don't want to say mothering because I don't want to put a gender on the rowan, but it is very parental, very motherly and warm and encompassing with its energy. And it just feels very approachable. So If you are so inclined and you ever come across a rowan, I encourage you to just spend five minutes connecting with it and ask the rowan for its blessing because I can promise you, you will get it. But if you do manage to get the berries before the squirrels and the birds, because they really love them, (laughs) and you were to pluck a berry off of its cluster and have a closer look, you would see something very interesting in the place that the berry met the branch. You see, 
The rowan is not just called the rowan or the mountain ash. It also holds the title of the witch's tree. Yeah, wonderful. It's because the mark left on the berries from where they detach from the branch looks exactly like a five-pointed star, or commonly known in witchcraft as a pentacle. Well, maybe known as a pentacle everywhere, but, you know, we use pentacles in so many different areas of witchcraft, right? And this is actually where the symbol was originally thought to be seen and transcribed from. How cool is that? The pentacle has a long time association with the occult. And this is why it's called the witch's tree, but it's also called witchwood. Witchwood. Is that not the coolest name for a tree ever? So if you were to plant one of these trees, you would not only have prolific berries and flowers for the wildlife, but you would also have the gorgeous foliage of the green leaves, the bushy green leaves, the silvery bark, and you could tell people it's the witchwood. It's your witchwood. If you have a grove of them, you could say that you're going out to the witchwood. How wonderful is that? I hereby do declare that it is my goal to eventually have a witchwood, plural, of my own. Are you impressed by the rowan yet? Because I am. (laughs) I love this tree. But there is more to its incredible nature and spirit than what we have talked about so far. Like the elder, the rowan is a very popular choice as the watcher over graveyards. Y'all know I like talking about the spooky stuff. So, just like the elder, it holds a very considerable power of liminal spaces. I might have mentioned that before. As well as like witchwood and mountain ash, it has more titles including the traveler's tree because it is considered to be very helpful to journeyers who become lost whether it's a lost soul making its way to the underworld or a traveler who is lost on their path and passes a rowan going from here to there pretty freaking cool this tree has been a gatekeeper between realms for a very very long time and it holds the keys to many realms, not just the realm of the dead when it's helping lost souls get to the underworld or the realm of the earthly plane helping a traveler find their way. No, no. It also holds the key to fairy. Yeah, you heard me right. The Rowan has long been considered to open the door to the fey realm. It's said that a fairy ring around a Rowan tree will open the door to the realm of the Fae. But some sources specify that in order to do this, you need the light of the full moon to fall inside of the fairy ring in order to open the door to fairy. Others say you don't, and that any ring around a mushroom, or any ring around a rowan tree is going to open the door to the realm of the Fae. If you ever decide to test these theories and figure out precisely what it is, let me know how that goes. And if you are in fairy, send a raven to deliver your message and I will be sure to update the record. Also in the realm of fairies, the rowan is said to be commonly inhabited by benevolent fairies. So sewing a twig of rowan 
into your children's clothing will ensure that the bad fairies don't snatch your child away if they wander too far away from you. Many different European mythologies hold stories about the Rowan, and I want to talk about some of my favorites with you right now. First, we're going to start with Norse mythology, because this is quite the story. Norse mythology says that the Rowan saved the thunder god Thor when he was on a mission and the giantess tried to stop his mission. How will you say? Well, she stopped or tried to stop his mission by squatting and pissing out a river to wash him to the underworld. She tried to kill him by squatting and peeing out a river to wash him to the land of the dead. That is wild. Very creative, but wild. I mean, she's using what she got, right? Like, I feel like she probably could have just walked over and picked him up, maybe. But, you know, you, you do what you gotta do, I guess. Anyways, the Rowan tree apparently bowed down and saved him from the giantess's deluge and became uh, his savior. And Thor was forever in debt of the Rowan tree. And that is why, for this reason, those who carry Rowan twigs will be protected from thunderstorms, which are Thor's domain. No matter if you are on the land or on sea, which could be very helpful if you are a sailor or someone who does things with the ocean. Rivers are also liminal spaces, so the Rowan overcame these with ease to save Thor, which adds to the liminal nature of the Rowan tree and its magical capabilities. Moving on to Greece, Greek myth says that Zeus's sacred drinking chalice was stolen from Mount Olympus, so he sent great eagles to find and retrieve it, and upon doing so, the eagles were engaged in a battle they were minorly wounded, but they won, and as they flew back to Mount Olympus with the chalice, drops of blood from their wounds fell down to earth, and from those drops of blood came the rowan tree. Therefore, the red berries are considered to be symbolic of the eagle sacrifice of blood, furthering the tying of the rowan to blood magic. This time, by the way, of the berries, not the resin. And again, I just want to say that I know I talk about a lot of spooky stuff and blood magic sounds spooky and dark, but eventually I'm going to do a whole in-depth thing on, you know, how I do it, what I think about it eventually. I promise. I swear. Just trust me. I like spooky stuff, but it's not all spooky stuff on here, okay? Anyway, eagles symbolize different things to different people and places, but some of the strongest imagery and symbolism is that of freedom right? Hello, United States. American flags and eagles. Freedom, patriotism, it's everywhere here. But it also has symbolism of holding a higher perspective, seeing the bigger picture, or having vision, having courage and strength. Eagles are also regal and symbolize leadership and hope. Not just in the United States, the eagle has also been used in empire's of Egypt, Rome, Mexico, and even Babylon. They have an undeniable grace about them, and they are an understandable motif for any empire that's looking to forge a legacy worth remembering. 
Somebody please remind the U.S. that you want to have a legacy worth remembering. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> if you're called to learn more about the eagle, its animal medicine is wonderful and strong and powerful and graceful. And I just encourage you to do a little bit more of your own research and see what stories of the eagle call to you and follow that hard path to find the medicine that you need from the eagle because there are lots of stories from different cultures about eagles and they're all really interesting and wonderful. Moving on from Greece to a little bit farther north, we have Scandinavian mythology as well. And Scandinavia mostly refers to the areas that are now Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. Um, as long as sometimes the Faroe Islands, Finland, and Iceland. So, very northern Europe. But Scandinavian mythology says that the first man came from the alder tree, A-L-D-E-R, and the first woman came from the rowan tree, and so they have affectionately given the rowan the title of the goddess tree, because that is where the first woman, the first goddess, was born. And that is entirely wonderful and lovely, if you ask me. Moving on to the Celtic lands, like Scotland, Ireland, Wales, uh, and Britain, the Celtic Druids favored and revered the Rowan. And they incorporated it into many of their magical practices, but most notably, divination. In fact, they used the Rowan, just the Rowan, for carving runes. They considered the rowan to be high magic wood and they really respected and honored the rowan tree. And if you don't know what runes are, runes are a type of alphabet that are commonly used for divinatory practices, but they did start as an actual alphabet. They wrote things with runes in places like uh, the Celtic areas and the Scandinavian areas, and they're really fascinating to learn about. And I will be doing a episode on runes, but a little bit differently than you might expect. So keep a lookout for that. And while we are talking about the Celtic traditions, the Rowan is also the second tree in the Celtic tree calendar of the Celtic Zodiac. And it actually corresponds to right now. I didn't do that on purpose, but I like how it turned out that way. So the month of Rowan starts on January 21st and it goes to February 17th. So we still got some time in the Rowan month. And in the Celtic Zodiac, the Rowan symbolizes courage, protection, and connection. The website treetomydoor.com <laughs> says that Rowan is thought to open the mind improve psychic powers, and inspire those who come into contact with it. And I cannot say that I disagree whatsoever. All of these things are things that I wanted to weave into the spirit of my son when I chose to name him Rowan. And so far, he is definitely living up to that name. He is a very magical child. And he's brave as all get out and just extremely vibrant little boy. He also has red hair, which is... Also on par with the rowan energy, with its red berries. His hair is the color of rowan berries, and it's wonderful. He's great. In Scotland, Scottish Highlander men sew twigs of rowan into their kilts before battle to ensure their protection in the battle. 
and also amplify their strength. Alternatively, their ladies made the berries into necklaces for the same purpose of protection and amplifying strength, which I love. As you see, Europe has a long love affair with the Rowan, and I personally have always been enchanted by this tree. You might be enchanted by this tree by now as well, and knowing that there's all these wonderful things that are positively fabulous and useful magically about the Rowan and physically about the Rowan, it's easy to see how you might want to start looking at how you can incorporate the Rowan into your practice, even if it's just sitting and meditating with the energy of the Rowan. But we are not done talking about how amazing this tree is because there's one more thing that I need to talk about with you. And that is how determined and tenacious of a grower this tree is. When a Rowan lands, it is going to, when a Rowan seed lands, excuse me, not just the tree, but when the seed lands, it's going to make the most of its new home. It's going to do what it's got to do. And what do I mean exactly? Well, say you were to find a Rowan growing in a rocky crag off the coast, literally just a piece of stone in the ocean. That would be very on brand for the Rowan tree. See, Rowans have been known to take root between stone in the hollow of other trees, like living trees, <laughs> high on rocky mountaintops, or really just any place they should not necessarily be growing. And these go-getters are called flying rowans, and they are considered to be the most magical rowans of all. If you are ever lucky enough to come across a flying rowan, give it an offering or just a moment of thanks and admiration. And like I mentioned before, definitely ask for its blessing. At the very least, it's not going to hurt, but at the very best, you might find your world to be a little bit brighter and a little bit more magical thereafter. Flying rowans are actually what first brought my attention to the rowan tree and sent me on this journey of learning about how wonderfully magical and strong this tree is and that is what led me to choose the name for my son. I loved how flying rowans really encapsulated the tenacity and will of this tree and later on when I did my research and solidified my respect it sealed the deal and now I have a rowan of my own. Even today, at five years old, I find that my little dude embodies the magic of the rowan tree more and more. But for now, I do the protecting of him, and in turn, he has helped me protect my own sense of curiosity and wonder. And just all around inspired more whimsy in my life. And he's a silly little dude, my rowan. Watching him grow has been a gift that I will cherish forever. But... Before I cry, I want to give you a little bit more uh, insight as to what I could personally see working as far as magical practices and workings with the rowan. You can do a lot with the rowan. You could sprinkle berries around your land or your home and express your wish to protect and nourish any saplings, be them physical saplings on your land or saplings of ideas 
saplings of growth, of strength, or whatever, that are mental and not physical. Because I know we don't all live on a piece of property or a home. So you can plant a seed and nourish its saplings in your mind space as well. Passing yourself or your loved ones or pets through a wreath of ruin at Imbolc or anytime really will ensure good luck and protection for the year ahead. Just make sure, like we talked about, you're collecting the wood properly with your hands and not using tools uh, like metal tools, saws, whatnot. If you know anything about the Fae, you know that they're not metal fans. They're natural uh, fans. They don't like iron and... A lot of our metals are uh, made with iron inclusions and whatnot, and it's just best to heed the warning of those who came before us and use your hands. Or go out after a storm to collect your wood. You could even ask it, that the rowan protects its fallen branches in the next storm so you can come and collect them, and I bet they will be there. You could carry a twig of rowan to increase your psychic powers or add any part of the rowan to healing workings to amplify their potency. Honestly, you could probably add rowan to any working to amplify its potency, and that would be a good decision. Cornish people have made crosses out of rowans as a Christianity-approved protection amulet for a really long time, and it would be a lovely gift that could be easily personalized for any Christian witch or Christian muggle that you care for. Meditating with Rowan, either in person or through the theater of the mind, could be beneficial for a lot of different things. But overall, today we learned that the Rowan is compassionate, empowering, full of movement and fiery, actionable energy. So journeying through meditation, journaling, or any other kind of witchy trance work with the Rowan could be useful for a myriad of reasons connected to that energy. It's also just really beautiful and very uh, loving and healing, so I highly encourage you, again, to seek them out for their wild beauty and just to embrace that vibe of the Rowan. Also, spending time with trees is always a good idea. If you don't have the option to go into the woods or you simply don't know where to find a Rowan, you can make a sigil for any of Rowan's correspondences by taking the name Rowan, R-O-W-A-N, and turning it into a sigil in whichever way feels best to you. There are tons of ways to make sigils. So if you're not into crafting sigils with letters, you could craft a sigil inspired by the Rowan and uh, just make it your own. You could print out a photo of the Rowan and put a sigil on the back for whatever corresponding intention you have and you know put that in whatever space you so decide you could print out a picture of the rowan and meditate and gaze upon the picture to go into a trance that way and see what lessons it brings you you just if I was going to do this I would print out the photo uh, sit down and maybe set an intention or maybe set the intention as um asking the Rowan to come forth and give you a lesson or guidance or healing energy that is for your highest good or your greatest need right now. It could be ambiguous like that. And I would write it on the back of the page and sit and gaze 
in a comfortable, quiet place onto the photo of the Rowan and just see what happens. You know, it might take you a little while, but you will feel when you do become connected to the energy of the Rowan because you don't have to be physically with something to connect to its energy. You'll know. And, you know, you could do this however many times you need to do it before you feel like you have accomplished your intention. And once you feel that way, you can make a new intention. There, And you can do this with any tree also. You don't have to be in the woods or near wild places in order to embrace the wild nature spaces that we have here all over Earth. You just need to conjure up their energy in some way, whichever way works best for you. And there are lots of ways to do so. Alternatively, hanging rowan photos, twigs, berries in your living room could bring about the warmth and energy of the rowan as well. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a journey of the mind. You can just invite its protective energy into your home. If you don't have the ability to plant a rowan tree by your doorway, hanging a photo of the rowan and blessing it and asking the rowan spirit to come and embody that space, that photo in your home will do just fine. If you wanted to honor the rowan tree, you could write a poem inspired by the rowan tree and see how that develops your relationship with this tree. You can do this for any plant, any tree. I find that nature spirits really like it when you give them creative pieces of your heart. Poetry is a wonderful way to do so, and I I do this quite often, and it's, it's really a wonderful way to deepen a relationship. This is certainly not everything, but I think we have made a solid start introducing you to the Rowan, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that the warm energy of Imbolc last week is radiating through your being and your home, and I hope that the rest of your week is full of joy and prosperity and warmth. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.